Take it off, Dylan. Take off your shirt. Take off your pants. It's time to get lubed up, because this is the year Vince fucks the fans. Oh, my name is John. This is a good year because I'm Dylan Gutt, of course, and the reason that 2014 is the best year is because not only does he fuck the fans, he just lies to a bunch of stockholders, and they sue him, and then he says officially to the judge, Jerry McDivitt now is going to punch the judge in the (laughs) stomach, and somehow... That will be fine. We'll still get away with this because I am Vince McMahon and con man is not the word for it because con men look up to him and every con man must have a picture of Vince McMahon above their bed and just go like, that's him. I disagree. Everything what you're saying. I don't think there was anything intentional with this. This was this is literally the perfect mix of this is the Vince McMahon post attitude era that we've been building towards where he's all ego and bluster. He's all bullshit. It's all this sort of stuff. Building, 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 building. And he gets to this moment. I think I think it's so weird because this is the point where... Because, of course... All right. So, to basically begin, 2014 is the year where Daniel Bryan, the Yes Movement starts. I hate calling it that. Not me. Not me. I love it. Though the Yes Movement for John is with... Uh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> All right, what, what what joke that we'd have to edit out went into your head? Because I had one for you. <laughs> no, I was going to say you started calling the Me Too the no movement. Yeah, my, uh, mine, uh, mine was uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Dylan got, uh, was protesting the conviction of Harvey Weinstein claiming that those women were participating in the Yes that Movement. That was the Yes Movement, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's right. I, against my better judgment. I'm not editing that. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, we both. I mean, we were both talking about how we knew we shouldn't have said those jokes, which is the best excuse for anything. Also, if you guys want some homophobic and racist Easter eggs, they on Amazon Prime, the American version of Hell's Kitchen. I don't know if I just say the American version because every single reality show I've ever talked about with a British person, they go, "Oh, wait, that started here." But it was way more bland here. No, no. If you thought, if you think the American version is homophobic and racist, you got to check out the British version, baby, because it's with celeb. It's with. They go into a pub and say, "I'm. I think Brexit's a bad idea." No, no. It's it's with it's with a lot of Bre- it was it's from like the early two thousands when Britain didn't know that they shouldn't let their ce- celebrities from the seventies and eighties on television. So it's like Jim Davidson being hard homophobic and like, you know, like. Gary Glitter and his boyfriend is just a baby. Like, it's so fucking crazy. Well, Hell's Kitchen USA, they don't... Hell's Kitchen British? It is. It's a British TV series. It was on for four years. My wife is going to be very happy. We've almost run out of the um, American one, but good fucking God. There is some... They don't bleep anything. No. (laughs) And there is some... We're only in 2010 right now, uh, watching-wise, and there is some... Caliente language. <laughs> and, and it's not it's not cursing. It's just like homophobic stuff that Gordon Ramsay goes, now we're finally on the same page. They're bad. Here's the thing you have to remember with Gordon. Gordon Ramsay was raised around drug addiction and chaos. He was a Scottish person with an English accent. So he wasn't accepted where he grew up and he wasn't accepted where he was born. And he then just looked oh. in the mirror and went, you'll be good at something, Gordon. 
and then he walked into a, sh- a kitchen in the 80s where a man named Marco was, who Marco was, Marco was the, uh, quote unquote, the most rageful of all the British chefs, and Gordon Ramsay then was like, I will be this man's protege because hate is love, and... Now we have Gordon Ramsay, a man, by the way, who made his father-in-law his CEO of his company, and then that guy ripped him off, and then uh, Gordon Ramsay uh, ruined his life to that point that that guy was in so much debt they put him in jail, which I didn't even know was a thing. This is, yeah, that also happened to Dane Cook, apparently, who made his the executor of his affairs his brother, and then he was like, hey, why don't I have billions of dollars? I can only have thousands, and his brother was like... You've just been punked or whatever, and then it was Ashton Kutcher. You've just been Dylan Goddard. That's what happened with the Patreon of this podcast. Just kidding, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoarding it all, and I bought a binder that I put hockey cards in. <laughs> yeah, I've got a bunch of trapper keepers with Gretzky cards. None of them wane. <laughs> I got a bunch of fucking sick pogs that just say balls. <laughs> Man, we're really dodging. 2014 is, okay. It, I mean, I can't believe we've gotten to pogs from the yes movement, but we have. So basically, tw- oh, yeah. 2014 is Vince's crowning year. It's the 30th anniversary of WrestleMania. He's launching the network after the weirdest presentation in Vegas that was hosted by Michael Cole. Michael Cole is too used to having a desk to block how clearly Michael Cole stress eats because Michael Cole, his entire job is for three hours a day. A sociopath is in his ear going, you're a pig, Michael. Piggy, piggy, piggy boy. Like (laughs) Michael Cole unproduced by Vince McMahon is an amazing wrestling commentator, an amazing commentator, um, a all around great guy. So, and then with Vince McMahon in to do anything, he, he becomes a nervous, doddering wreck of a human. There's the, the, the year starts off with them formally announcing the network on January 8th. They have a big conference where they're formally announcing the network. And this is around, around this time, because this comes out from CM Punk actually tweets this out because he is, if nothing else, a vengeful ex-girlfriend. He tweets out... This is as of January. This was the um, WWE WrestleMania card. It was CM Punk, Triple H, Undertaker, Lesnar, Cena, Bray Wyatt, Daniel Bryan, Sheamus, Big Show versus Kane, Roman Reigns versus D. Ambrose. So they're actually planning to break up the Shield quicker. And Batista versus Randy Orton for the World Wrestling Entertainment title. And look how much that changes, of course, when we get to Wrestle. WrestleMania 30 was so fun. That WrestleMania card that CM Punk tweeted. Sounds mucho bad. Yes, and this is the basic theory behind the network is basically shared, which is nine ninety nine a month. You get all the special events, which I stopped calling pay per views because they're not pay per views anymore. They're back to calling them pay per views, by the way. <laughs> of course, yeah, because that is an inherent value where you think you're getting something that's forty dollars for ten, but instead they were like, no, we're just going to pick new weird words. It's ridiculous that they do this. It's ridiculous that they don't do what the UFC does. It's ridiculous how bad the search mechanism on it is already. It's really, really weird that like... It, the, the search mechanism is bad. To be fair, though, I think the only one of those apps with a good search engine is Netflix. Yeah. Because Netflix will be like, you can search by actor and they'll have everything the actor is like. And then they'll have... Oh, if this person's searching all of Schwarzenegger, they probably want to watch action movies, and they'll just give you all these action movies you might want to watch. Whereas, like, a lot of the search functions for things, you have to get everything exactly right. Oh, yeah. 
Like, if one letter is off on a name that you don't know how to spell, you're fucked. Absolutely. Also, the recommends are so fucking weird. Like, especially Amazon yeah. Prime Video, all of that. No, no, I get all that. The other main thing is with the WWE network is it feels like Vince McMahon has been talking about it for too long. Vince McMahon's obsession with getting things done rears its ugly head and he doesn't think, which is like, don't give away WrestleMania or have it tiered. Also, release all of you. I don't understand why, again. <laughs> The WWE Network in 2014 is the biggest year of Vince. You're in fucking wrestling. You're the biggest and the best wrestling promoter ever. You have vanquished all of your enemies. This year should be your fucking victory lap. Amazing year. And there are elements that out of your hands make it that, make it that year. And he still doesn't do it. The WWE Network, if you look at in the research we were provided by Hobson, the shows that they were paid, those should be the shows should literally be all of the wrestling content ever. And who gives a fuck if they badmouth you? Go get fuck. Terry Taylor and fucking Magnum TA will work for almost nothing. You like Vince, your your guys are celebrities you have under contract. The NWA guys need money. None of them were good businessmen. Like Arn Anderson is still a road agent for the fucking AEW. I don't that guy has been essentially on television or a producer of a major television show for over 40 years. What is he spending his money on? I, I mean, he just wants to keep working so he doesn't have to be at home. I just yeah, but exactly. Exploit like use that to your advantage, but it's Vince McMahon who's like, "No." It's 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 really interesting the that he's going to do this. He still wants to innovate. He wants to innovate well into his 80s. He wants to do something. But he did, but if you're going to innovate, you have to know what the word innovate means. He just went into streaming a bit early and he sees himself obviously as an entertainment model and not a but he what he is is a big event model and it's like the UFC right now in 2020 still hasn't done anything with regards to devaluing their pay-per-views if anything they've even valued them more because if you want to buy a pay-per-view in the united states you have to join espn plus and then pay extra so it's like oh yeah he could have totally went that route where it could have been like okay we'll distribute it when the streaming wars start you're a reaction to that whereas he sees himself as netflix but in actuality he's a, he's he's a paramount he's a studio so it's like you you supply the entertainment you don't you aren't the the model for it. You can make money that other way where it's like it's weird because it's like it feels like if Vince McMahon would have been around in the 1950s he would have, he would have tried to start his own TV channel. I mean if Vince McMahon had been around in the 50s he would have been sat next to Joseph McCarthy at the McCarthy trials. <laughs> Just threatening to shit on the communists. And it would become very clear he doesn't know what a communist is. And then he'd find out Roy Cohen, Cohen was gay. And in the Senate subcommittee, take off all of his clothes and burn them. Just be like, I got your thing on me. <laughs> all right. We got to talk about my favorite part of this, which is the WWE Network. The Daniel the Daniel Bryan Bray Wyatt um, turn. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. The the only good thing that happens is you're Daniel Bryan turning heel and joining the I line. completely agree. My, what episode over? Well, uh, Dylan, what's your best of the year? That, that moment, what's your worst? It wasn't the entire year. All right, well, we'll see you next week. Everyone suck my butt. Daniel Bryan, the Wyatt family. And it, it's so crazy that they just did that in the middle where it'd be like, it'd be like if you had Bret Hart. I think a good, because you want to say Stone Cold, because but it's not Stone Cold. It's like if you had Bret Hart, Bret Hart's really taken off. 
And then just for no reason, he joined the Million Dollar Corporation and then didn't. Yeah. And then he just undid it. You'd be like, why did he do that? I don't know. It's just wanted you guys to have less fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because fuck you. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Like, as weird as it is that Bret Hart, like, put over Bob Backlund and literally no one else even came close to losing to him almost. It was just Bret Hart. I mean, that's so much better than just, like, he's in the Wyatt family now. Now he's not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Good it would be weird. It'd be like if Owen, it'd be, yeah, there's a bunch. I was about to just do a different version of the metaphor you were doing, which is something that always bugs me when someone's like, uh, your metaphor is wrong. It's this metaphor. And like, that's what I just said. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I said it in my voice, so I'm better. Who gives a cock? Ass? What is your All favorite right. the part of the, about the WWE Network? Go ahead, Dylan. Fucking everyone's. Let's go. It's when, it's when Vince McMahon says he's projecting between one and two million mm-hmm. subscribers in the United in the U.S. by the end of 2014. That is extremely important. Just the United States. They do not open it up into the U.K. for years. I don't even know if it is open in the U.K. yet. We have a lot of U.K. listeners. You guys can tell me. No, no, it is 100, of course, because I had it in the U.K. I'm sorry. It was open in the U.K. by the time you were living there, so that was the, ne- the year after this. Yes, because that's why I could watch it and uh basically um and then as soon as i entered canada it told me no 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 yeah uh ww network was projecting between one and two million subscribers by the end of 2014 and they project in the u.s alone they will have two to three million subscribers by the end of 2015 it shows the absolute hubris of the ww network and the stupidity it vince has it when it comes to legitimate show business because guess who's never announced really their subscribers you can guess I don't think Netflix has ever announced its subscribers. I don't think Hulu has. I think they they and yeah. then they manipulate social impact um, and popular culture impact and also allow it to happen organically. So then you're not sure exactly how many people have it. Again, this is the year that Vin, all of Vince's strengths and all of Vince's weaknesses are continually and constantly revealed. He's really good at promotion. Like fuck me, is this the year that everyone just starts thinking Vince McMahon is a good businessman again? Like his well, the stock price he, what he does the stock price rises purely because they're like this confident man with a bad facelift seems like he knows what he's doing and also by the way that this is the first year where his facelift becomes really noticeable because he's back on TV and it's yes. so amazing that no one no one even in shoot interviews is like Vince McMahon has had a facelift because they know well that's the that's the sentence preceded by I'm just choked by a seventy six year old man <laughs> and also like it seems like. People are so obsessed with streaming now, of course, but like six years ago, they were so obsessed with streaming networks and what Netflix was doing to traditional media that anyone who said the word streaming just got a bunch of fucking money thrown at them in 2014. Vince McMahon very astutely realizes this is happening, goes into it lies a bunch which is also a good idea oh yeah but the thing is he's still there at the end of it like most people who get away with shit like this who like sell their company when they don't actually have anything involved in the company they just gave themselves a bunch of evaluations that they forged then just like move to the cayman islands or never heard of again vince mcmahon's still standing there going like okay so we said 78 million people would buy it and 14 did but still fuck up yeah vince is also really bad at being a businessman this year like he's like it's amazing and that he's like i'm uh the company's gonna be this many subscribers that many stuff you uh, have not hit those goals yeah that's right <laughs> uh 
I'd like to counter with uh, you're a loser. How about this? You're being a rude boy. You're being a rude boy. Be nice to me. Why don't we get on the bench, sort this out? If you can't bench more than me, I don't fucking exactly. value you as a that's man. How Dylan and I, that's how Dylan and I settle all business disputes when it comes to the yeah. rest of the review. Um, yeah. How fucking... Outbench me? Yeah. Well, then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Can you make out with me? The answer is, of course. So, WWE start stock, because this is the fun part, uh, plays into the rest of the year, start, uh, closed at 19.61 uh, per share over the network announcement. Uh, so it's rising, rising, rising. And also, I guess it's fun to mention that, like, in 1985, when he starts WrestleMania, Vince McMahon says a bunch of bullshit, and everyone in 1985 goes, oh, that's crazy. The wrestling guy's being crazy. And there's something that happens between 1985 and 2014 where everyone, go when Vince McMahon starts spewing a bunch of bullshit, people are like, ooh, he must be onto something. It's like, what happened in those 29 years where we're taking this guy seriously all of a sudden? Because businessmen become crazier. Like, you have to remember, in 2014, people still remember Donald Trump is like, he's got to be a good businessman. He's got a TV show about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it maybe. I mean, it's also Vince McMahon stops being such a promoter, and he just starts talking like a businessman, I suppose. Like, he learns how people... Like how really upper crust people talk to their shareholders, and I guess maybe the shareholders trusted him, but like to me it was like an out and out lie, where it's like the most you've ever sold ever, the most pay per views they'd ever sold one point two million, and that that's the most ever, which is great. That's fucking great, and they're averaging about like, you know, four hundred thousand. That's amazing. But then like you're gonna so nine people for nine ninety nine are gonna. More people for nine ninety nine are subscribed to something, give their credit card to something, than one point two million. It it seems to me that like one point two million would be your max, and you'd be like, okay, conservatively, hardcore fans, we probably have eight hundred thousand that'll pay for this because people will share their thing unless we like monitor that as well. So like we might have a hundred, like a million or one point one active users, but it's going to be like eight hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand, and then hopefully we get to a million by the end of the year, but. They don't do that. They have the Royal Rumble, of course. I think the Royal Rumble is the last full stop pay per view they have. Well, no, WrestleMania and a bunch like WrestleMania is still a pay- like in this year they are still pay per views. Like the pay per view companies are still doing it. They're just slowly dropping because they're realizing. Yeah. Well, direct. Uh, I think it was like Direct TV drops them immediately. Um, they do sign Batista because Batista. And this is the other thing where it's like Vince wanted a network champion, and he gets his network champion this year, but it's not who we originally thought. His network champion, he wants to be Batista. Um, there's a big backlash, of course. Batista wins the Rumble. Uh, everyone wants Daniel Bryan to. And again, Batista they did does. what's begin. They're not looking at their product. They're not looking. Like Daniel Bryan and the Yes Movement, I know Dylan doesn't like it being called that, is growing and building. And Daniel Bryan is very much beloved by the fans for ye- like a good six to eight months before this. Also, what's weird about Daniel Bryan is they kind of give, in the end, they realize the error they made with CM Punk because CM Punk's leaves at the Royal Rumble and they bow to Daniel Bryan because they realize, okay, we got now one guy outside the tent pissing in. We can't have a second one. And they're like, we have the exact wrong guy outside the tent now in CM Punk. Vince never realizes that. I guarantee Triple H does. I guarantee Triple H goes, this is the wrong guy to piss off. In CM Punk. CM Punk fucked up the endgame by doing the UFC and all that sort of stuff. If CM Punk had literally just sat on his money, not said anything, not sued, 
various former friends of his, that sort of stuff, and was just a mystery and a question mark to wrestling fans, he could come back now in AEW or the WWE and make $11 billion. Yeah, he would really like, especially how money has exploded versus how much work you have to do, where it's like he gets one of those, like, I do four papers a year deals and basically becomes the person he complained about and gets, yeah, exactly, $6 million a year for, like, doing But the thing is, and Vince isn't stupid. The whole network trying to figure out stuff they actually could have made a very smart strategy of basically different wrestlers have different seasons and, and rotating the schedule in and out of when guys appear. Yeah, man, I've said that. It would be great if every wrestler just wrestled eight months a year so you like actually got to miss wrestlers rather than like, how long has Dolph Ziggler been on TV? Every week for 90 yeah. years. He looks exhausted. He is. <laughs> like Rick Rude was on WWF television for what, like four years, three years, four years. People remember him. Dolph Ziggler, twelve years. No one gives a shit. Anyway, John, again, John Cena. The idea that Roman Reigns. By the way, Roman Reigns, and this is a great point made by Christopher Hobson. Roman Reigns gets a big reaction in this Royal Rumble because it looks like he's going to eliminate De- Batista, and people get excited. The whole thing with Daniel. Everyone wants Daniel Bryan. They do the whole story. It's stupid. They don't want Daniel Bryan to succeed. He doesn't look like what Vince thinks is a champion. Even though he's had a shitload of champions that are like this before. Austin was smaller than so many of his opponents. Hart was a smaller than so many of his opponents. Michaels. All of those fucking guys. He doesn't want to do it with Daniel Bryan probably because he's vegan or some fucking shit. CM Punk leaving forces their hand. He Dave Batista thing where he... Yeah. Dave Batista also not being accepted at the Royal Rumble. In the time with the shareholders. All that sort of stuff where Vince is... I don't think, I think you think he's intentionally pulling off some sort of scam. I think this is unintentional dumb, dumb stuff from Vince, not realizing what could happen if he doesn't make some moves quickly. That's very interesting. Isn't it just? <laughs> but the strike, of course, it's been a month and the stock goes up to $21.96 per share, Meaning that the company total is $1.6 billion net worth. So Vince McMahon is a billionaire again. They are, of course, completely ignoring stuff like obviously every pay-per-view person uh, is dropping them. But don't worry. He's got such cutting-edge fucking technology. Vince McMahon will take care of that. And their deals, they're losing. This is also the beginning of the end of a bunch of stuff where they could negotiate okay so short term if you're a wrestler in this period you get a bit fucked because you don't have your pay-per-view bonus you don't have all of that buy rate sort of additional income that you would get luckily what happens is aew comes up in the, in a, f- a few years after this and creates a place where every wrestler on the wwe roster now has a viable other place to go and it isn't tna aew isn't the massive success that people thought it was, but it is a very viable cultural alternative. And if it wasn't for coronavirus, I think the WWE would be in a much more precarious position. By not having pay-per-view revenue and all that sort of stuff, Vince is forced to pay out of other avenues of income he would have been getting anyway to make up that money for those people. In the end, I guarantee John Cena is very close with Vince McMahon, John Cena, I guarantee, is like, I'm going to need some long dollars for me not to go on AEW. Same thing with the, like, I don't think The Undertaker would go, but you, like, you see how the shift in The Undertaker and how The Undertaker is approached and appeared. Like, it's a very, the, the WWE network at this time makes Vince a lot of money. Moving forward, it really does hamper and fuck him because he had the great fucking business model. He had all these different 
streams where he could go, you get a percentage of this. So if it wasn't successful, which he controls, he doesn't then have to share, he doesn't have to share the risk out. By putting a bunch of people on, and they've always said it, I'm all for people having a guaranteed base salary. But Vince now has a shitload of people that he's pay, he's overpaying for so they don't go to fucking AEW. I mean, that makes sense, but it's also like they, they made, they've made money even during a pandemic, so you can't really like Again, shit on have, them there. We also, this is where, and we're getting ahead of ourselves, but he, he fucks over some TV deals. He is now in bed with Fox. Fox is lo- is low is long is soft boying him in my opinion in that they're going yep this is good this is good come negotiation time Vince is in fucking trouble he has not hit the ratings goal for that program once his after show for their sports network was a catastrophe. Well, we should talk about the 2014 stuff because we're going to do a 2019 episode. I agree. I, the I, only reason I bring all that up is all of that behavior and all of that sort of stuff. The seeds of it are in this year. Yeah. Well. I mean, initially the network, which must have been great for stock sh- stock uh, stockholders, they're an eight-hour period. There were 130,000 signups. They're using the same network that Major League Baseball uses, so this is like a trusted network. The thing about Major League Baseball is um, old people watch it, so it crashes the network immediately. And that must have for stockholders. That must have been like, oh, awesome! It cr- having it crash is probably better than having everything go smoothly and having that number come in. Because they're like, oh, it's crashed. So then everyone's thinking like, oh, fuck, how big is this going to be? March 11th, the stock price closes at $29.92. Now the company is worth $2.25 billion. Billion dollars. And WWE went out to survey on what shows it should produce for the network is. Oh, yeah. The best one for me is uh, Steve Blackman's A Bounty Hunter. Yep. Blackman's Bounties, a reality show starring Steve Blackman, who now works as a bounty hunter. The show is already shot. <laughs> the show has already shot some episodes. It is being shot by a company called Eyeball Vision. The trailer is up on YouTube, baby. It's real good shit. I mean, I, what I like about Blackman's Bounties is that somehow they, they that guy cannot be anything but boring. Yeah, even he just he just like has to get he gets in a high speed chase and shoots out the guy's tires and the guy's gonna die, but he saves him and he's still like you're still like yeah, like he'd be shooting out the tires, but also explaining to you he's like the reason why I'm able to do that is because that guy is not adequately checking his tire pressure, and you're just like fuck you, Steve, fuck you. But enough about me saving. Enough about me one hand catching this guy falling from a chopper and saving him from death. Let's talk about what yarn to choose when you're going to knit socks. Are you aware of the drag that is caused by a helicopter lifting and uh, lowering? That's the most exciting thing I find about helicopters. <laughs> NXT behind the scenes, self-explanatory, pros versus Joes, which is good because WWE talent complete compete in physical tasks. Basically, it's like... Um, American Gladiators, but against non-wrestlers. If you guys ever saw Pros vs. Joes on Spike TV, that shit was hilarious because sometimes it'd be like, he, you, you've never fought anybody. Fight this world champion boxer. Oh, you're very concussed. It's 2010. No one cares about that. Let's shoot him in front of his family. I do remember watching that show, and there was one where like a guy was fucking crazy good. Like there was a guy like a... There was a couple There was a couple. Them. I can't remember what sport, but I was just like, what? Like I'm like... A producer came when they met this guy, but it was like, literally it was like, it was something weird like car racing. It's like, this guy's an amateur driver and he like fucks up the NASCAR driver and you're like, oh, the producer had a good day. The producer full came that day. 
two of these really stand out, which is WWE Prank Down, which would be like WWE talent pranking fans and other and other wrestlers. Go on. Um, and uh, which would have been good. It was like Randy Orton just fucked this guy's wife. You got pranked. Yeah, welcome to Randy Orton's pitch meeting at the prank down would just be him using the N-word. I just say it to their faces. Hey, uh, here's a big prank. I roofied this guy, and now he's got no kidneys prank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about a prank. What is it? I, I go to a woman, and I'm just like, hey, you make as much as me. And she's like, do I? And then I go, fucking no. <laughs> prank, you're not equal. You got fucking pranked by the fucking, I'm the only fucking Marine ever to be a fucking WWF champion. Did you know that? <laughs> the Marine specifically said Randy Orton can't be the Marine. That is WWE Rescue. This is part partnered after Bar Rescue. WWE fans, uh, WWE talent, sorry, will advise fans to help them out of business jams and personal jams. Also amazing, just getting Kane to try and help you out of a business jam where it's like, well, here's idea, liquidate all your assets and then protest the fact that there's libraries. You can't force me to read. First thing you have to do is, of course, point out that Income tax is illegal. Call the bitch, explain to her blue lives do matter, and if she debates it, Tombstone Piledriver. This has been The Undertaker of WWE Rescue. Are you aware that uh, the writings of Benito Mussolini are mostly un uh, interpreted incorrectly? <laughs> Alberto Del Rio for... Oh, yeah, Alberto Del Rio for WWE Rescue. Lock her in a room! <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Alberto Del Rio. I got to tell you, now seeing his name, that's like seeing like Bill, like seeing like the amount of Emmys Bill Cosby won where you're like, boo. We, well, you really did. Yeah, you, you, you'd think you'd know how something like that would turn out, and even then, and even still, no one did. Well, it's like when Alberta Del Rio and Paige were getting caught in various places. First of all, the age gap was suspect. Let's be honest. And then, secondly, when it's like she quit her job because he was fired, I was like, "Oh, these people aren't on cocaine. They are dealing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the exact same thought where I'm like, "Oh, they're doing." They're doing the kind of pill. They're doing pills in the morning to recover from the coke they did the night before. Yeah, uh, it's just a super normal relationship where a forty-year-old man's dating a twenty-year-old. Nothing to see here. Nothing wrong going on here. Yeah, it's just me, a man in his forties with a that doesn't blink nearly enough, just wandering around various airports with a uh, a woman with a backwards cap who's got eyes that say she's not doing well with the situation. <laughs> oh yeah, it was uh. Obviously, uh, Paige outlined what happened there, and ooh, baby, is that guy a piece of fucking dog shit? Of course. April 6th, WrestleMania 30, from the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, not the fucking BMW Superdome. Yeah, baby, Ultimate about. Warrior makes his return to the company, is poisoned by Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon lets him give a speech, and then he dies. <laughs> Vince McMahon kills him with his thought. You cannot convince me Vince McMahon did not have a hand in the murder of Jim Helwig. Oh, the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior was just when the Warrior came back. Yeah, the self yeah. Vince McMahon makes DVDs and he believes in reality and he's like, someone's got to kill this fucking prick to make that DVD make sense. He's self-destructed. His heart exploded. <laughs> well, we have to end the story. Linda, did Lin Linda... Um, no, was it Linda that brought him in that did his, like, inducted him? That Linda, wait a minute, Linda in, inducted who? The ultimate, oh, in the Ultimate Warrior, correct? No, I think his kids inducted him, and then he died. No, his kids came out with him in, like, that sweet moment. It's, I, I, Linda had something to do with it. I don't know. I watched, like, a YouTube piece where they talk about, like, he made amends with Hulk 
he made amends with Vince and then like he talked with Linda and like there was sort of this intimation where it's like, oh, actually, I've been pretty close with Jim the whole time. And I was like, what kind of fucking family life does Jim Helwig have that he was like, I need a mother figure and I want that mother figure to be that woman who's taking victims of abuse out for lunch and then just giving them a contract and going, either you pay for lunch or you sign that and I already have your wallet. <laughs> I mean, the uh, the Ultimate Warrior... The craziest thing about that was that with the reveal was that he was like a good guy and like not a good guy, but like a good husband and father. But everything else was like, yes, I did deal arms to militias specifically just to destabilize governments Mm. in small countries that couldn't handle it. And I am the word homophobic is actually too soft (laughs) for what I am. But yeah. I uh, am at dinner every day at 5 p.m. no matter what. Uh, here's the thing you need to know about old Jim Halwick. One, I love my wife Dana. Two, I love my kids. Three, you can't call me homophobic because it is not in any way a fear. It is hatred. <laughs> so let's talk, baby. This is WrestleMania 30, 690,000. How often do you think uh, Jim Helwig walked into a gay bar, took a shit on the floor, and went, I thought you guys would like that? <laughs> <laughs> that was probably every Tuesday. Yeah, that's, he did that on the way home. Dana, I'll be, I'll be late for work. I have to go shit at that gay bar. <laughs> so check this out, you stupid rat fuck motherfuckers. So 690,000 people still, still bought on pay-per-view wrestlemania 30 yeah because people because again so many like it's crazy to imagine because now especially in the post-corona world where everyone has like how many streaming services do you have and it's like uh i have disney plus plus and they're like what yeah that's right you can (laughs) it's a live feed of john favreau's house where he's just thinking about maybe watching the mandalorian oh my god (laughs) It's really good. Yeah. It's just him calling Vince Vaughn and going, ha ha! Uh, anyway, uh, but like people didn't trust streaming services. And also, you have to remember those pay per view buys account for Canada, the UK, and international places where they watch that pay per view. Like I watched WrestleMania 30 live on pay per view at Brendan Burns' house, and he made his home, uh, homemade pork rinds. And I was so bored by the Brock Lesnar Undertaker match, I went outside to smoke and I missed the Undertaker losing. <laughs> Yeah, that was the only, that was the weird thing where, of course, this is the year where Brock Lesnar beats The Undertaker and the streak ends, but oddly, it was like the perfect time for that streak to end because there's the worst WrestleMania match ever they have. Yeah, it's terrible. And also, it rehabs Brock. It, Brock's image as a killer right away, sets him up for the SummerSlam thing because Batista leaves the company because Batista's like, wait, I'm a movie star. I'm not going to be booed on uh, a TV every Monday. Fuck this. I'm out of here. Um, and Brock um, takes that role as the network champion, a role that he holds until the most recent WrestleMania. And now he's like not making any appearances, I assume, because he's like a won't say this, but he has an intense pre-existing condition that is diverticulitis. And B, he's like, if I come off the farm, I'm shooting the virus and the virus all goes to church on Saturdays, if you know what I'm saying. And they're like, yep, yep, we got to keep Brock off television. (laughs) Yeah. And Batista, to be fair, though, he does go on about this, but he like, it was like this personal thing he kind of walks into where there's been years 
of everyone overlooking who nerds want to be the champion. Um, and he feels serious heat because of this, and he gets really pissed because he's like, I'm only wrestling because I like wrestling and I like the fans, and now these people are like personally telling me to fuck off and that I'm a piece of shit. And he's a sensitive guy, so he's like, fuck this. He leaves, but but it is to be said, he does job clean to Dan O'Brien in the middle of the ring. Like It's not like he goes, fuck this, I'm out of here. He goes, okay, I'll do what I need to do, but I'm out. Dave Batista only wants to talk about his lunchbox collection. Like Dave Batista is like, why does Dave have those tattoos and those muscles? Oh, because he was a type of bully that he expects them to come back at any time. <laughs> yeah, he thinks they're right there. Yeah, yeah. Like Dave, Dave has woken up many... And by the way... If you want to know someone who is real good at being creepy to women on Twitter, look no further than Dave Batista. That guy, that guy will never get taken down, but he is he is he is he is he is in his boat and he is fishing for puss. <laughs> oh yeah, buddy, the Mandy Rose thing. Oh, uh, there's a few other ones. Like the yeah, that I guarantee Dave Batista is the guy that was like, "Hey, uh, how many of you wrestlers want to make 50 grand by going on those shoot interviews and talking about how I have a big cock?" <laughs> I got a lot of money now. Tell them my balls are really compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell them that I got. It looks like two plums that are placed near a big old oak tree. <laughs> so obviously WrestleMania 30 happens. Daniel Bryan wins the title. Oh my God, he beats Triple H in the first match, and then he comes back, and then you know what he does? He beats uh, Dave Bautista and Randy Orton in a triple threat yeah. match. And you know what else? Um, Vince McMahon, not there because The Undertaker gets a concussion and Vince McMahon goes to the hospital with The Undertaker because he's like, you know what? I just got to take care of this guy who's heavily concussed, which is weird because I think, I do genuinely think that Vince would understand and like Daniel Bryan way more if he had have just seen that pop but obviously he couldn't watch a three foot two man who who likes lettuce win his time yeah i mean it's one of those things where i genuinely believe and the wrestlemania 30 triple h match again wrestlemania 30 is for me is the beginning of the rehab of triple h i genuinely believe the whole situation with cm punk actually fucking scared him because he was like oh i did this i created a massive problem for this company because now this guy is on the outside looking in and he is lobbing big, accurate fucking darts at us. And yes, this is the last, like this is the beginning of Triple H showing up at WrestleMania and losing. Granted, this is also the beginning of Triple H showing up at WrestleMania and doing long ass matches with unnecessary entrances. But this is also NXT is starting to pop off. All that sort of stuff. Triple H is becoming more and more aware of his legacy. But... CM Punk leaving, I just, I know I keep bringing it back, is such a huge fucking moment because it signifies the biggest fuck up they've made. And Daniel Bryan getting that pop at the end of that show, for me, is also that is Vince was super fucking wrong. And instead of with CM Punk, where they fucking gave him the ball, they gave it to Daniel Bryan and then immediately don't learn that lesson and fuck it up the next week by having him go with Kane. Then Daniel Bryan gets injured, blah, 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 blah. But they fuck this up. As soon as they can. Like, basically, Vince being at the hospital prevented them from ending the show with the ultimate warrior getting injected with uh, air bubbles in his foot so he gets a heart attack and then landing on Daniel Bryan and killing him. Like, it's <laughs> insane how quickly they pivot to, like, well, time to put him with Kane. And that no one's going to want to see that. But we are going to build towards the sh um, shield evolution. And they're building uh, the shield really well. And they break, like... 
it's all these things where you can literally see it feels like they're writing first chapters that are actually really exciting and then Vince walks by and is like you got to think about the network bud and they're like wait what and he's like have them die I'm like no yeah they're on two different wavelengths here because Vince is obviously most concerned about how the network's working and everyone else is work- I mean I think honestly Vince is very he's very worried about absolutely everything to do with the company which is why things get I think that he's absolutely worried about a lot of stuff to do with the company, but it's also at this point he's unaware to change a lot of stuff and isn't sure exactly how to make the changes productive and proactive that he wants. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, of course, we should mention the last match CM Punk to this date has wrestled for the WWE was the Royal Rumble mm. in January this year. He leaves shortly afterwards um, just from... Everyone knows. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know why he left. And his last, I think his last thing was, I forget who he gets eliminated by in the Rumble, but his last, which is very, um, which is very appropriate, was like a, was a comedy spot with Hornswoggle. Yeah. And he got, he kind of gets like unceremoniously eliminated in the middle of the Rumble. And I remember watching that thinking like, oh, that's kind of fucking shitty. Yeah. And again, then ends up with a giant blow with Triple H. You don't need to work with me. All of this sort of stuff. Again, Triple H is an arrogant fuck who has fucked up a lot of shit. I do believe this is the moment where he realized, oh, there's dire consequences to the shit I fucked up. And Daniel Bryan, obviously, as John mentioned or touched on, only gets to be champion really for a month because it turns out he's a concussion with no neck. Yeah. As it turns out, he's mo. Yeah. As it turns out, he's Kurt Angle plus veganism minus pill addiction. Of course, this, which is really, really fun, um, a lawsuit because everyone was told they're going to have a million people for sure, a million subscribers. Oh, yeah. And the buy rate, and um, it turns out uh, they don't. They don't have a million subscribers. So there was shortly after this, there was a lawsuit filed um, by the stockholders in the WWE, uh, sorry, WWE stockholders uh, for misleading statements about how much how many people were gonna buy the network amongst other things i think they also charged him with like i don't and i don't think that's your real face vince and he was like i've never had any surgeries yeah and he's like and yeah oh by the again it's a very interesting situation in that this also doesn't get huge coverage at the time like i remember hearing about it later where it's like they are very good at using what they can use it's also he's openly negotiating with nbc universal at this time all of this sort of stuff that they're, and it's also like they have this for me is the last gasp of when they have that like attitude era look see audience like yourself or myself or a predominant mem- a predominant amount of the cum monkeys who at this point wrestling is also they're not there's trying to get on board with podcasts but they don't really know what they are wrestling podcasts are starting to become very big and very prominent at this point um, I don't think something to wrestle has happened yet, but the art of wrestling is fucking huge. We'll get to that in a second. Um, there's so much stuff here, but Vince's the 2014 is sort of his blessed year in that WrestleMania 30 for all of the hitches comes off like a giant triumph. So everyone remembers it being good, even though they fuck it up right away. The shield versus evolution angle was actually really fun and enjoyable and done properly. And then just ends really shitty. And then as soon as they hit the summer, they get Brock back and they are able to, on the steam of Paul Heyman entering into probably his best phase in terms of giving promos, are able to have what is considered to be a very artistically important and significant SummerSlam. So while they're fighting all the the legalities of all of it, a lot of fans are starting to become desperate for the WWE Network because it's cost-effective and pay-per-views and matches and angles are starting to be exciting 
don't worry, that stops being the case soon afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually a weirdly a good year because they lose Daniel Bryan, which is their biggest star at the time, but then exactly they reignite Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar, of course, has been winning and losing against Triple H, which has kind of destroyed him. Yeah. And he's not the unstoppable force. But then once he beats The Undertaker, they bar- start booking him as the invincible Brock Lesnar. Bigger, the, just to put specific numbers to the lawsuit filed against WWE. Go ahead. Because he was told, Vince McMahon said that they would open at a million and close the uh, 2015 at 2 million. The initial amount of subscribers was 667,000. And they had counted on one million to break even, and eventually change that goalpost to be one point three million. So that gives you so even their break even number they lied about. I mean, it, that's really good. That's really good. What what yeah. number do you need to break even? Ten. Really? It's twelve. Because they had already warned stockholders that they wouldn't be turning a profit for like a year, but they basically were like, within a year and a half, we'll be turning a profit again, and. They need one between 1.5 and 1.7 million um, in July 2015 to start turning a profit, and this is why uh, we see, for a while at least, nobody has pyro. Just little shit. I mean, yeah, no one's. They've never gotten pyro back. And I got, of course, not. I gotta say this. I don't understand why wrestling fans are like, we gotta have the pyro back. I'm like, I could give a fuck about pyro. I've never like it's. I've, I've yeah. never needed it. Yeah, it makes entrances cool. You know what else I'm here for? I want the fucking guy to walk to the ring and be cool while he's like, it's like, who the gives a fuck? Why the fuck? Like, it got to a point, by the way, that some people I'm like, why does this guy like we don't need pyro before every fucking match? I do. I love pyro. Oh Yeah, yeah but you fucking I've only ever liked pyro. So we're going to take a fucking break right now because we've been talking for a million years, but we'll be back with more bullshit. Hey, Dylan, have you ever thought about giving us money because we fucking do a good fucking job for these fucking ungrateful fans? They're all pieces of shit. Every fucking week, we take time to research this show, then forget most of it and talk about who would like to come on. Yeah. I think that deserves money. And by we, we mean a guy we've met a few times and he needs money because I keep promising to pay him. But then I say, no, haven't earned it. Why? (laughs) Yeah. I spend the money on candy and hummus separately. I don't don't dip the candy in hummus. That would be a taste. Snickers bar hummus. Hastings over here needs money. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review or rate and subscribe on iTunes or do both. And here's another one. Fucking shut the fuck up, buddy. Yeah. Right now, are you talking? Are you talking? Are you talking to me? Where are you listening on? Were you doing dishes? Turn, fucking turn, break all your dishes, you fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> shut your cock washer and use your fucking dick grabbers to give us some fucking money. Go ahead, Dylan. Tell me more about 2014, your favorite year, because Vince gets all that fucking money. Yeah. In June, I didn't know this happened in 2014. 2014 is a huge year because in June, Seth Rollins turns on the shield. Again, one of the stupidest things ever. I Legitimately, I think the biggest, stupidest... They, we all knew they were going to break up the shield. The shield... Everyone was excited about the shield. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sierra. But here's... Yeah, I mean, for sure, the shield should have gotten... <laughs> no, they should have... Uh, but everyone loved the shield, right? And they for sure could have got a year out of the shield just being fucking baby faces and kicking people's ass. But 
they still need, above all else, a reason to keep Triple Good point. H on television and to get Seth Rollins really a character. Because Seth Rollins in The Shield was kind of like, okay, Moxley's the fucking uh, talky talk. Roman Reigns is clearly the uh, hot boy star. And Rollins is just kind of uh, he's he's got his fucking hair dyed a bit, doesn't he? Like so, I and also turning Rollins and having him be a big heel and trying to do that a kickstarts Roman Reigns as your big baby face, and B serves the purpose of like turning the whole product upside down to maybe try and help boost the network. The reason I think they could do it, or I, sorry, the reason I assume they did this. I think it was also the the I think it was also the necessity of they needed a, a heel. I think you're right about keeping Triple H on television. I also think it was they were like we got a shock, we got to do something different. I still maintain you could have had Triple H on television in the authority role. It's also like where was the fucking newer talent this year, or also the older talent? Like it's also like they did weird shit. Like no one ever talks about the fact that like at WrestleMania 30, it was the New Age Outlaws. And Kane versus the Shield, like it was so fucking weird. Well, they're really empty. They're what they're doing is Triple H is the head of talent a couple of years ago, and this is you're seeing the Triple H era really start because the starting in about this year, the roster gets really good, man. Like you're wrong. You're right. Before before it was CM Punk and just like a bunch of weird dudes, the John Laurinaitis sign. And now it's just Triple H doing the obvious thing, which is, hey, this guy already has 700 Twitter, fo- 700,000 Twitter followers. Let's just sign him, and now he, now people who like him will watch our TV show. Done. And he starts like basically doing what Vince did in the 80s to the territories, but to indie wrestling, where it's like, that's right, even high school gyms won't have wrestling. Soon, no one will be able to wrestle. It'll just be all be called sports entertainment. I mean, that's not true. Hee <laughs> hee. It's a, yeah, he's doing the obvious thing. He's also doing the smart thing of he's also doing it in a way that doesn't piss off the core fan bases of those indie companies right away. In that like Progress and ICW and all of the American companies, they do it very slowly, quietly, and cleverly. In that it's like, why don't we just give you some money and then we go from there? You don't have to do like you know what I mean. Like you don't have to. You're not owned by us. In a way you are, but in another way you're not. <laughs> yeah, and there is a... All right, so I'm trying... <laughs> Our wonderful researcher, Christopher Hobson, basically just copy and pasted this blurb that is somewhat in legalese, and since I'm very dumb, I'm trying to come up with a synopsis for it that is not completely in legalese. Lawyer Dylan is so fun. Objection, Your Honor. I've got a... Ooh, I, uh, I got a big load. Mr. Gott, you are not a lawyer. <laughs> Case. Your Honor, my name is Dylan. I went to a college for comedy, and I want to let you know I'm wearing a white suit because I know your favorite show is Matlock, and my favorite show is Madcock. <laughs> so, WWE... Has a all right. Has a lawsuit filed against them uh, by people who purchased stock between October thirty first, twenty thirteen, and May eighteenth, twenty fourteen. The lawsuit accuses WWE of making false and misleading statements concerning the company's ability to double its U.S. television rights. Cool. The company strongly hinted at 
forever uh, forever citing the NASCAR television deal and comparisons of WWE ratings to NASCAR ratings. Yes. And they also, uh, so that's pretty much the synopsis of it. And they also provide a number to call for stockholders. So they, they're like going full class action lawsuit. And they just basically say like, Total Divas is great. Total Divas will make us $16 million. <laughs> well, how'd you come up with that number? I fucking said it. Fuck you. How about fucking this? My best friend Donald's going to be the president and then I get to make my own money. I'm going to be secretary of the exterior of your mom's vagina, Gord. Wait a minute. Do you, I, 16 million. Oh, US dollars. I meant Vince dollars. Connecticut. Yeah, fucking Those WWE dollars. You can only spend them at WWE New York. <laughs> Which is still yeah, around. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's, it's now just the old Siberian bar uh, in the subway station. You have, to, you have to cook the food yourself, but the rats are good for kissing. <laughs> I think this ne- the next year is when it gets really good because that's when they start giving away WrestleMania for free and then being like 900,000 people subscribe to the WWE Network. And then I was like, oh, didn't they immediately cancel because they got- you got WrestleMania for free? Uh, didn't you immediately... Randy, put your dick in their drink. Yeah, like it's also like... It, they also, again, shows they don't know certain things, which is what they should have done is you can have the WWE Network, you could watch... It's just tear it, you dumb fucks. Yeah, the reports are... 828,000 people ordered it for the first six months and uh, then canceled. Um, so over 100,000 people canceled because they reaffirmed that it has 690,000 network subscribers. So what's that? 138,000 people. Yeah, the amount of... Yeah, this is how many people that is. That is the amount of people Dylan God has given HPV to. <laughs> That's true. Hulk Hogan's trying to get back in the ring again, uh, but he just wants to be one-on-one with The Rock again so he can be like, don't date my daughter, dude. I just told the Dallas Cowboy he's not going to be with my daughter, dude, and I want you to tell all the other dudes that look like you, dude, that they got to stay away from my dudes. I don't like black people, dude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see this. Write this down if you want, brother. I don't think they're okay. And you know who they are? Is anyone the tans even yeah. approaching fine? <laughs> Let me say this, brother. I don't want to mince words. I do not like anyone who originates from Africa. Unless the sun's absolute poison to you, you're not a good person, dude. I am from Florida, dude, and I paid attention in school, dude. I know what they do, dude. Okay, enough of this. Enough of this bullshit. Go ahead. Let's talk about some real shit, and that is... I think one of the better matches that I've seen, just because it was so unexpected, like it's not good when you rewatch it, but at the time I watched this as an airport and in an airport and it was insane. Uh, Brock Lesnar beats John Cena, literally just gives him 58 German suplexes for 16 minutes, slowly murdering him. And the whole time you're like, okay, John Cena's just going to come back and win, and he just never does. And that. Combined with the Undertaker, I watched thing this with a guy named crazy. Troll. I watched this with a bunch of people. Brennan Burns, uh, I believe Colt Cabana was in and out of the room. It was kind of like, whatever. Uh, and this guy Troy, who had never, Troy is American, and is, this is going to be really weird for European people. Like America still has the type of religious people where they don't know certain cultural like touchstones. So he had never seen or wasn't really aware of pro wrestling, but like. All Americans that came from a repressed background and then become atheists, he's real into UFC. So he just knew Brock Lesnar as being a UFC star. So he like walked in the room and was like, it was so, so weird. And he was just weird. like, what's Brock Lesnar doing? Like, 
he's like, is this pro wrestling? And he's like, what's Brock Lesnar doing here? And like, oh, he's a pro wrestler. And then John Cena came out and he's like, why is that guy John Cena in shorts? That's He's not taking this fight very seriously. And then Brock Lesnar just mugged John Cena. And Troy was like, "I this is very implausible. And I was like, yeah, what the fuck? That's my memory of this fucking match. <laughs> it's so weird to not know John, to not know Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that's like knowing Charlton Heston only as a gun rights advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean the guy from the NRA? He acts too? Yeah, that's like knowing Donald Trump only from the stakes. <laughs> Wait a minute, Donald Trump. Oh, you mean yeah. What about that guy who stole steaks uh, at the Sharper Image? Pardon me. Donald Trump's on Twitter. Mm, Very imagine you went into a coma in November of 2016 and you're waking up right now. Like, you're like, why is everyone so confused? And they're, you're like, we can't even explain it. <laughs> Here's my first thing. I'd be like, get out of the room. I got to jack off. That's <laughs> sure of a boner. Donald Trump's the president. I don't care about that. Get out of this room. I'm going to fucking drop some fucking loads. And I said some. There's going to be more than one. <laughs> oh, that's really good stuff. Hello, everyone. I- oh, okay. Uh, here's something fun. So go for it. In, the w- in WWE in 2014, finally adopts a zero tolerance to domestic abuse. <laughs> <laughs> just like, hey, we have zero tolerance. In that, if I'm in a room and I see a man strike a woman in the face, I have zero tolerance for that. But if there's even a tape... Given how there's those reface and deep fake apps, I can't even believe it on tape. But if I see yeah, it with my if eyes, I see it with those eyes, and the man doing it is not Alberto Del Rio because that guy has some weird stuff in his contract. You will be, you will be <laughs> scolded. I am Jerry McDivitt, and uh, we have a zero tolerance policy for domestic abuse. I need to make this clear as a lawyer for the WWE. When we say zero tolerance, that means we have no tolerance for you not conducting spousal abuse. Let me clarify this. If Zack Ryder is even <laughs> looks at a woman, we'll fire him. But John Cena can literally run a woman over with a car while yelling, while singing his own theme song and saying, I am John Cena and I approve this message. Do you know how many Bella Twins there actually are? John Cena... Once a month, take, uh, overdoes it on the blood freezing, and he rips the woman in half. I've had to fucking have a lot of people <laughs> get plastic surgery. The other Bella, whose name I can't remember right now, she doesn't even know why her sister doesn't remember certain things from her childhood. <laughs> Suck right, my shit. dick. The other thing I just want to be very clear on right now, and I want you to shut the fuck up about it. This is very clear. I want to be very important. Uh, Finn Balor comes in. And this is the in the research is when I find out that his name is Fergal. Ugh, what a fucking swamp donkey name that is. Ooh, why? I don't hate them, but they know what they did to my people. What's your people? The whites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Irish people aren't white. You heard it here first. Welcome, everyone. The rest of the review has been red pilled. We're now the red pill review. Let me tell you who I don't like. Everybody. Not only was Donald Trump uh, elected, Donald Trump has actually become the Pope. Uh, hey, Donald Trump, too much of a liberal for I me. I voted for David Duke. Mm. <laughs> I voted for just, I wrote Hitler but worse on a ballot. And then I, <laughs> <up my> butt. <laughs> I voted for Kanye, but after he takes care of the issues I have with him. <laughs> November 23rd, Survivor Series takes place. St. Louis, Missouri. 100,000 people still fucking buy this on pay-per-view. That, so you have... So at this point, they have over 700,000 people on the network. So that, here's what I just want to say. 
100,000 people buying this for $50. They made $250,000. No, $2.5 million off this buy rate. Good. And 700,000 people. So they made $7 million off of the network in this month. So they're still... Pay-per-view still is like a third of the money coming in. Or sorry, a quarter of the money from this pay-per-view. And by the way, this would be a wild success in terms of the actual eyes potentially watching it because that's a lot higher than some of the pay-per-view numbers in the previous years. But because they set the expectations too high, they fucked themselves because the WWE is not run by good businessmen. It's run by the best carnies in the world, which means they're the worst business people in the world. But it still, to me, makes sense because... It still makes sense because Vince knows, like, these fuckers are fucking dandruff losers. They're going to watch this bullshit anyway. Let's just put some matches on. I don't think he knows that. I honestly don't think he is... Yeah, I don't think he... I think other people in the company are aware of that. I think Vince, like, legitimately is like... Every day is like, why aren't the numbers like they were in 99? And then someone starts explaining to him the splintering of the media world... And then Vince actively wets farts on that person and then walks away slowly. <laughs> well, we thought we were going to get the end of the authority angle because Team Cena beats Team Authority and the authority is supposed to step down, but then they just don't. <laughs> Much like Donald Trump in the White House, they're like, no, we didn't lose. And everyone's like, what? No, but you lost? And then Triple H is like, uh, if you want to change the channel, do. But for 20 minutes, I'll be saying one uh, sentence. Who debuts at uh, that Survivor Series? Oh, there's a big debut of Sting. They change his theme song because nothing can just be 100% good. His theme song goes, Well, Sting is also weird in that Sting Sting doesn't really have a theme song. He does. I listen to it every day. Sting doesn't have a theme song. He has this one too. He's the man called Sting. Back when it was like, that's the thing. That's the great theme song. He also, for a while, has "Search and Destroy" by Metallica as his theme in WCW. Oh yeah, "Search and Destroy." And also, weirdly, like fun Wolfpack Sting. Yeah, that's a fun Wolfpack Sting. When he's Starcade '97 Sting, it's literally just the theme from that pay-per-view. Like it's just literally thunderclaps and confusion. Uh yes, but he also has some fucking sick ass. It does suck that Sting versus. I think you're making up a song. Are you drunk right now? Everyone listening to this knows the song I'm talking about. I'm looking now. I'm just looking. No one at does. The... Every. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Oh yeah, this is, I'm just looking at the lyrics from American uh, American Males because they go, "Girls, you don't need a weekend lover." Uh, American Males, if they want to talk to you, you better not listen. You might end up in critical condition. But they don't. This is the thing about American Males. I'm sorry because I was thinking about WCW theme songs. Then I went to American Males. They don't in the second verse. They don't specify that they're not talking about women anymore. So it's like, girls don't need a weekend lover. One of the American males wants to talk to you. Don't listen to them because they're going to beat you up. <laughs> like It's basically like if you, if, if you talk to if one of the American males starts to talk to you and you're a woman, legitimately just call the cops because there's stuff's going to happen. I mean, again, I just want to point out this. You did this to prove Sting had a theme song and said you're reading the lyrics from the American male theme. Basically going to my point that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. There was no lyrics in 
the Crow Sting theme song. It was just lightning crashing and then do 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 do. And the fact that you don't remember that means you don't like wrestling at all. I mean, I love wrestling. I'm the mo- I'm I'm all about wrestling, mate. No, you don't even like wrestling. You don't know the Sting's theme song. You're right. I'm really into boxing. I love Roy Jones Jr. and Slappy White. <laughs> Slappy White, yeah, he's good. So that's the end of this fucking episode, you fucking pieces of shit. Why don't you guys? Why don't I just fucking knock you all out straight up? It ends. In the greatest year, this is the greatest weird year in Vince McMahon's life. It ends with him bringing the last mortal enemy from his uh, now fallen WCW in so that he could have his son-in-law beat him for no reason at what everyone expected to be the worst WrestleMania and is what is vastly considered as the last good WrestleMania, WrestleMania 31. There's been, that's the last one, I'm not going to say good, but I'm going to say that like the last one that was really triumphant and it felt like, holy shit, something's changing. But then, of course, Daniel Bryan immediately has a body that doesn't work anymore, so they have to switch gears. But honestly, I think I think for 2014, the best thing about it is, I think it's a really underrated wrestling year where it's like, CM Punk leaves. I, com- I completely agree. But they have so many people ready to take his place who are kind of like like what CM Punk was was like oh this is the, this is all of the indie nerd wrestling fans hopes and dreams pinned on this one guy cuz everyone else is a juice head but then it's like CM Punk just kind of proves that'll work and then that's the f- people that like wrestling in the first place so then everyone that they hire and oddly it's like CM Punk who complained about Triple H is like oh you mean there's guys like the CM Punk guy but they just like aren't weird and mean for no reason we'll hire those guys yeah that's a great point yeah we'll get kevin steen he's like cm punk in terms of what the fans think of him but in terms of personality he's just happy no one's smoking and then putting the cigarettes out on his arm <laughs> Purvu, kevin Purvu. um my best thing about the uh w of 2014 is exactly that in that it is because vince is so distracted by um pulling off unintentional fraud against his own stockholders which is just so good um, you get a great deal of really good wrestling. Uh, sidebar, I also think one of the best things about this year is that Triple H is humbled by the CM Punk situation. Because the, 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 bear, the this year ends with Sting debuting. The other thing this year, this year ends with is CM Punk goes on Cold Cabana's podcast and, blow, and scorches the earth. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about the fact that they literally fire a man on his birthday and then he... Sorry, on his wedding day, and then he goes on to that podcast and starts a chain of events that obviously gets him sued and a big lawsuit there, but also ruins the only friendship he's probably ever really had. Yeah, it it fucks over CM Punk's personal life, but what it does is it lays the groundwork for a lot of people paying attention to the WWE in a way that no company wants to be paid attention to. If you think about it like this, and I know that we were wrapping up and it's been a super long episode. I'm so sorry for this, but I don't think this point can be. This is the, the there's things disclosed in that podcast and by how they then go and conduct that shadow fake lawsuit. Um, that's clearly the WWE trying to sue to silence both of them and it doesn't work. That will be brought up eventually when and if someone decides to look at the employee practices of the WWE. If Andrew Yang ends up being the Secretary of Labor, which is looking like is very possible, 
we're going to hear about that podcast again because if that doctor, even the doctor implying and saying that sort of stuff in a time when people's positions are looked at in terms of being able to manipulate and wield power, it's going to be very problematic for Vince McMahon. It's incredibly impactful, that podcast. It is a damning indictment of what it's like to be a champion at that if you're not accepted by Vince and Triple H. And um, I don't think that the company, in terms of image with the internet wrestling community, has ever recovered from that. Dylan, anything else you'd like to fucking say before I tell you my worst of? Here's my worst of. I mean, I was going to say something really horrible, but now I'm doubting myself. <laughs> um, the pay- I was going to say the page fapping didn't happen until the next year, Jeez. but I felt that, that was I felt that was inappropriate. I think the best thing is probably that Paige is a couple years away from a dating Alberto Del Rio, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see the worst thing is the worst thing is because this company existed in this year, uh, Paige was exposed to Alberto Del Rio leading <laughs> That's to... That's true, actually. Yeah. Could, the worst thing is that they introduced those two people. Yeah, the worst thing of 2016 is not Vince McMahon fucking over his stockholders. It's that Alberto Del Rio... Honestly, that's the best thing to me. The best thing is that Vince McMahon proving... It's amazing. Because as a wrestling fan... We're always taught that we're dumb, right? You're dumb. You like wrestling. You're a fucking loser. You like wrestling, right? Every single fucking wrestling fan knew Vince McMahon was lying, but these people who invest tons of money in companies, these millionaires, all these professional investors didn't. And that's my favorite thing is that I got to feel smart because when I was hearing about this, just hearing the way even wrestling journalists and there are a couple actual wrestling journalists and they would actually talk about this and they'd be like he's just saying these numbers we had there's nothing to back these numbers up he's just saying these numbers why are people so excited about this like they weren't basically they weren't editorializing that much that this isn't going to be it but it's like there's i it's uh, doubtful that they'll really release uh, reach a million immediately and me being like yeah i I just don't think a million people are going to sign up for something that hasn't even proved to work yet especially when the first day of everything for wwe it doesn't really work because they just kind of like do vince just by the nature of who he is does a million things at the same time and then when it didn't and everyone was like uh we feel defrauded literally jerry mcdivitt could have got up there and be like um this guy isn't a liar he is lies as a man in a suit how dare you believe him and the judge would have been like yeah you're an idiot he is the liar yeah you i want to point out you guys have all invested some portion of your life savings in a company that's probably biggest achieving moment was when a bald man from texas sprayed beer on a 50 year old (laughs) you're the bitches My name is Jerry McDivitt, and I'm going to crush all of your dreams. Next year, a tape that Vince McMahon watches every night before bed is going to be released. But it's like, of course they're lying. I don't know, man. It's like... Yeah, it, but again, it's also one of those... It, it also, again, shows the generational gap in that in that this is still a time... The, a lot of those investors, I'm sure, were business people and not wrestling people. Because I got news for you. Most wrestling fans are smart enough not to invest in the WWE because they're like... I'm not, there will come a day where it's like, oh, by the way, the WWE has been Amway this whole time. Like it's, we, most wrestling fans are smart enough to be like, oh, I don't, like they, wrestling fans are smarter than wrestlers because no, most wrestling fans have not ever trusted the WWE. They've given it money because they enjoy the product, but they would never be like, time to have Vince over for dinner. Oh, if we do, we have to whale the tops of the toilets down because he's upper upper deckering it for sure. (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's the worst thing too. Is the but I mean, man, that's one of the biggest mistakes I ever made because I remember hearing about that being like, man, I should just like buy a ton of WWE stock and then dump it all as soon as the network opens because this guy is going to just basically lie that stock all the way to fucking heaven and then immediately once they get the actual numbers it'll be like wait a minute one guy just bought it 30 times yeah but if you look at the numbers uh suck me off and i have your money now vince mcmahon out yeah that's the guy by the way me suck my dick oh my god like i'm surprised that the wwe network wasn't like okay someone just tried to search for stone cold steve austin versus the rock and every video was just vince spreading his own asshole and be like and look what else i can fit in here ha ha i have your money ha ha you're dumb like i'm amazed that there isn't a chris benoit tribute video where it's just uh vince talking about how he's like i still think it's a prank (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah Vince, there's a video called What Really Happened with Benoit, and then it just says all three of them were bad at this, and then he just destroys the computer. I don't even know what that meant. John, that's my my, my best thing is his fraud of the stockholders, and my worst thing is his fraud of the stock. You know what my worst thing actually is? Is the network rollout not being worldwide, because I genuinely think there's no excuse for that in 2014. I completely agree with you. It's very yeah, stupid. They could have just... They could have made their fucking budget immediately if they just would have been like, oh, wait, the United States is only if half of our fan base. Yeah, it would be like us being like, we're going on tour in Canada with this podcast when all of our listeners are in the UK. They're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Thanks very much for listening, guys. Sucky, sucky, bum, bum time. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Suck, suck, suck. Promote something. See me on Twitch. John Hastings Twitch. Comedy on Twitch. Buy my albums. Go to uh, Anything Can Be a Podcast podcast for free stand-up comedy albums recorded when I'm in coronavirus time. There's a lot of hecklers because the only people that went to comedy were assholes. Booyah, 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 booyah. You can join us on Twitter at Wrestler Review. You can join me on Twitter at Dylan Gott, D-Y-L-A-N-G-O, double up that T. On Instagram, same thing for both Wrestler Review and Dylan Gott. Um, where this is, is up uh, fucking every Sunday. If you guys want to subscribe, leave a five star review if you like the show. Write something nice too. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with another goddamn episode of a Vince fucking McMahon. Please kill us both, then kill him. Thank you. Wait, don't do that. Just for the record, that was a joke. Thank you. Bye bye. I am not joking. Goodbye. <laughs>